reading today comes from the verse from the Old Testament from Isaiah 62, 11. The Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say, say to daughter Zion, see your salvation comes. His reward is with him and his in, in and his recompense before him. We need glasses. Um, the reading of the gospel is Mark 11, 1 through 11. When they are approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders, bystanders said to them, what are you doing? Why are you untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut out of the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And then he looked around it at everything. And as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, we just got through a, with a day that is filled with parades. Um, it's not a religious holiday. It is a day many people celebrate, and that is um, Mardi Gras, which leads to, to thinking about the parades that were coming into Jerusalem. There were two processions on that spring day in A.D. 30. It was the beginning of Passover, the most sacred week of the Jewish year. Now for Christians, it is called Palm Sunday, the first day of the most holiest week that we have as Christians. So we're going to take a look into what was actually happening on that day. On one procession was ordinary people. The other was an imperial procession. One was coming from the east, Jesus riding on a donkey down from the Mount of Olives. He was just a humble man from a lowly peasant village. His message was about the kingdom of God. His followers 
journeyed from Jerusalem up to Galilee, about a hundred miles. That is the central thing of Mark's gospel. Mark's story of Jesus and the kingdom of God is always directly pointing, leading us to the event in Jerusalem. On the opposite side of the city, from the west, you had Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor who was entering Jerusalem, leading that column of imperial cavalry and soldiers. Jesus's procession proclaimed the kingdom of God. Pilate's procession was proclaiming the power of the empire. The two processions are highlighting the two very different visions of the kingdom and the central conflict that is going to be all through, leading to that climatic moment during this week. It's starting right here on that first day, from the west and from the east. Pilate's military procession was a demonstration of both Roman imperial power and Roman imperial theology. So familiar to most of us today, but this procession was very familiar to Mark and to Jesus' followers. The troops were not coming to Jerusalem out of some reverence for their Jewish subjects in their most sacred week. They were coming for a reason. They were coming as a show of force. Pilate and his troops would have taken up residency in the fort, I think it was called Fort Antonia, which directly overlooked the temple in the temple courts. They had a bird eye view of what was taking place and their presence was very well known. They could be seen. The image of this imperial procession arriving in the city you know, we, we all have a version of it in our minds. We, we see it in those movies. Spartacus, the greatest story ever told. We've all seen it. You can hear the rhythm beeping of the horse's hooves. That great display of that crimson red and the gold. Those matching horses, at least they were in the movie. They all matched. I'm sure they did back then too, but you could just hear them, the drum beating. They were making the show. You knew they were coming. Again, it was not just about imperial power, but Roman imperial theology. We forget that part. The Romans had their own religion, and they considered, or the emperor considered himself to be a son of God. 
dating all the way back to Augustus, Tiberius, all the way back, proceeded all the way through Caesar. They thought they were direct descendants of the Op Apollo, that God. So they called themselves the Son of God. So knowing that gives us a little bit more information about how the people viewed this emperor, emperor and how you can see the conflict coming between Jesus and his kingdom and Caesar and his kingdom. What took place on that Sunday in Jerusalem and the procession of Jesus and what was being shouted from the east was Hosanna. Lord is coming. Caesar group, Pilate, was thinking the same announcement should be coming for him. So here you have, it's like they're going to meet in the middle. And we forget that those two processions were going on at the same time. But just prior to entering Jerusalem, there's two events that are going to have a huge impact on the meaning of Jesus' ministry. One of them you're going to remember was the healing of the blind man, Bartimaeus. And what does Bartimaeus do when he regains his sight? He says, I will follow him in the way of Jesus. Mark's Gospel, and we've been sitting in Mark's Gospel for a while leading up to this, stresses what it means to follow Jesus in the way. To follow Jesus in the way means the way that leads to Jerusalem, which is a place of confrontation, death, and yet resurrection. The second event, you probably have already guessed it, you know it, it involves Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. It is probably the most pivotal moment, the pivotal event, the turning point where the Pharisees and those in charge, the establishment, could no longer dismiss Jesus. That event, that raising Lazarus from the dead, was the final point for them. They could no longer just dismiss him. He would have to be dealt with. Jesus coming down from that Mount of Olives is a very powerful visual because we know he is getting ready to be the power which overcomes the grave and he is walking past this enormously huge, large graveyard. The conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world are getting ready to meet. And Jesus and his followers approached Jerusalem from the east, Bethpage, Bethany, on the slope of the mountain of Olives, where Jesus often retreated to. 
You know, the Mount of Olives plays a prominent um, part in Jesus' ministry. He walked this path uh, many times. He spent hours praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is here that he will be portrayed. It is here that we, he will ascend back to the Father. It is here where Jesus will stand or stood 230 <coughs> feet above the Temple Mount and wept over the city of Jerusalem in the foretold judgment. That is from Luke 19. It is here in this mountain of olives, Jesus went with two of his disciples, sent two of his disciples to retrieve a cult. This was a well thought out, well planned event as usual by Jesus. This event has been called by many scholars as a prearranged counter procession. Because we cannot get, we must remember who's coming from the West. That procession of power, glory, violence, the kingdom of the empire. Jesus's procession was an alternative vision. It was the kingdom of God. The contrast is not only central to the Gospel of Mark, but it is the contrast between the two kingdoms that is going to drive this last week of Jesus' life. We know how it's going to end. We've already been given that. But this is our walk with him through these next 40 days as we travel to the cross. So when they brought this cult to Jesus, who was a humble animal, it was a symbol of peace. It was the royal animal of the Jewish kings. Matthew says in his gospel, very characteristic of Matthew, that it was the fulfillment of the old Testament prophecy. You heard it said in Isaiah in our first reading today. But Zechariah 9 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, a colt, bold of a donkey. It was the fulfillment of yet another prophecy. You know the story of Palm Sunday. We reenact it every <coughs> Palm Sunday. We will have palms in the church. We will sing, maybe shout, Hosanna. It's some traditional things that we do to mark Holy Week. Somehow, when they were yelling, Hosanna, they were yelling, save us now. It was a cry for help, and we have taken that into a phrase of praise. But they were saying, save us now. Not glory to God, it was save me. 
Are we saying that on Sundays, on Paul Sundays? Are we saying, save me? Now everyone was welcoming and celebrating Jesus as he entered the city. But not everybody was saying, save me. Those from the West were hearing this. They were concerned. Not everybody was welcoming the true Prince of Peace, the King, the Savior. In fact, you hear Luke say in his Gospel, the Pharisees in the crowd said to their teacher, rebuke your disciples. They heard this. They were like, you need to tell them to be quiet. How did Jesus, if you know the story, how did Jesus reply back to them? He said, I tell you, if I tell them to keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There was no keeping this crowd quiet, and he didn't want them to be. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, was a buzz, was a stir. They were going, who is this? Who is this prophet, this man from Nazareth? But he was more than a prophet. He was a king. And with him came the kingdom of peace. Jesus entered the temple, reviewed the temple on that Sunday which is significant because what occurs on Monday is going to be important. But because, it says to us, but because it was late, where did he go once again? He retreated back to Bethany with the twelve. What took place on that Sunday that we now call Palm Sunday? is very clear. Jesus was clearly symbolizing, announcing his kingship because he rode in on a donkey to the shouts of praise as he entered Jerusalem. The very fact he entered Jerusalem in a procession fit a king. Jesus knew what he was doing. And he was making a bold declaration as to who he was. Jesus defined the kind of king he was. The cult was an animal of peace. Jesus was the king of peace. The theology of Rome was forced upon the people. Peace by force. Jesus' kingdom would not be established by force. His followers had palm branches, not swords. Still today, Jesus compels us to love God, to know Him. But He does so giving us the free will to make the choice. He does not force us. Jesus' kingdom would bring about true salvation. There were people in Jerusalem that were divided on Jesus. 
some in the crowd were looking for political <coughs> salvation. There was a political revolution going on. And to understand Palm Sunday, we have to understand that. The scholar Edward Market writes about Jesus and the hopes of the people in Jerusalem. He wrote, they wanted a warrior on a war horse, and instead they got a carpenter on a donkey. So they killed him and put a poster above his head, King of the Jews, as a joke. Jesus entering Jerusalem was direct assault and confrontation to the Roman authorities in the imperial religion, the imperial theology. The story begs for us an inescapable question. What kingdom, which kingdom am I in? Am I in the kingdom that seeks power, religious miracles for my own benefit, or am I in the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom that is led by a carpenter of Nazareth, not an imperial Pontius Pilate. Jesus, the one who says, come and follow me. The choice is yours. Amen and amen. amen.